this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast the central government had recently barred state owned power distribution companies from buying or selling power on the spot exchanges unless they paid their current dues to power producing firms many states have since paid up and have been able to participate in the trades this is an opportune moment to evaluate whether the legacy problems of state discoms or distribution companies that have been perennially burdened with inefficiencies and huge debt are on a path to resolution to help us with perspectives we have with us ms vibhuti garg energy economist lead india at the institute for energy economics and financial analysis or the iefa welcome ms garg thank you so much for inviting me so uh, you know last week uh, we've been through a few news reports that told us that the center had barred state uh, distribution companies from participating in the trading of power on the spot exchanges if they did not pay up their current dues and so on and so forth so all all the top states put together the outstanding current dues that is apart from legacy dues were about 5000 odd crores many have since started paying so what do you think triggered this particular decision i mean to an outsider to an observer it probably came as a sudden uh, uh, development but has it been building up uh, from your own observation of the industry well uh, you know as we all know power distribution sector is the most critical sector in the entire in the entire electricity space whereas uh, it's on the other hand almost the most weakest link as well and if you'll see the power distribution companies have accumulated losses of over rupees 5 lakh crore and regulatory assets worth rupees 1.25 lakh crore and the entire outstanding payment owed to gencos by discoms uh, you know not only the current dues but the overall payment owed to gencos is more than 1.1 lakh rupees crore so the government has initiated lot of measures there have been lot of schemes that were announced like within the past and the new scheme of uh, revived distribution sector reforms to the extent of uh, you know 3 lakh crore which is being kind of provided to the various state discoms to fix their houses in order but one of the critical elements that we have been observing in the last few years and the last couple of months that there is huge outstanding payment owed to generators which is kind of uh, destroying or you know shaking the investor confidence because this counterparty risk is one of the big risk that is kind of hurting the investments coming not only in the distribution sector space but also in the generation space while india has set out huge renewable energy targets for 2030 and also for greening the grid so unless the distribution sector is made financially viable so both the equity and the debt financial investment will find it hard to come in uh, not only in the distribution space but also in the generation segment as well so in order to address this issue of payment owed to generators uh, because there is a huge counterparty risk that has kind of becoming a huge bottleneck for more and more new investments to come in there was a provision on the late payment surcharge rule that came in in june 2022 so what this rule 
kind of uh, provides are two critical elements. So this late payment surcharge rule mandates that whatever errors to Genco's that were outstanding as on 3rd June 2022 needs to be liquidated under the prescribed number of installments depending upon the size of the outstanding amount. So uh, around 1,35,000 crore dues worth to Genco's were committed to be liquidated under the scheme. And then this transition financing support that was being committed to be provided by REC and PFC to help implement this reform. Uh, the first installment was paid on 5th of July and 4,620 odd crores were paid to Genco as the first installment to liquidate the error. So that was the first provision against which, you know, uh, the first installment has been made. And the second mandate was the discounts have to pay their current dues in a time span of 75 days. Uh, And if that is not being done, then that rule kind of provides the power to a system operator to kick in and debar the discoms to participate in the short-term power exchange as as well on the open access. So that is what happened last week, you know, uh, that after this rule became operational, so the POSOCO banned 13, uh, 12 states and one union territories from participating on the power exchange because they had huge dues, current dues, which were not yet cleared despite this rule kicking in. And as a result, you know, as I said, you know, the powers were given to the system operator and they kind of uh, used those powers to debar these discom scheme and ever since that was rolled out we did see some kind of discipline coming in wherein a lot of the discoms cleared dues and uh, which you mentioned rightly reduced from 5000 odd crores to now 1000 crores okay so uh, this is going to be an ongoing sort of pattern uh, how often do these dues uh, when we only refer to current dues uh, that is uh, which are in the recent past so, on an ongoing basis, going to be monthly, quarterly, what frequency do these uh, discoms have to pay up to the power generators? The discoms, uh, ever since, you know, every month the bill is generated. And uh, within 75 days, they have to make payments. If they don't pay that, that this rule kind of kicks in. And then the Pusoko has the mandate to debar them from participating so it depends on the time frame so every month the bill gets raised and after 75 days if that is not paid then uh, posoko has the as i said you know the power to debar them from participating either through open access or on the power exchange uh, you know or even the bilateral contracts in the short term market Okay, excellent. So, if we have to look at uh, light problems, I took a re- look at your uh, you know twenty twenty report uh, on discoms, the curious case of Indian discoms. Uh, you talked about uh, discoms having or needing to move away from their reliance or on industrial customers, cross subsidizing by charging industry much more than they would charge uh, residential units. So, this is. Something that must happen, but clearly hasn't for various reasons. It could be populist measures or inability of a state government or a discom to make sure that this happens. But if you like, were a consultant to the state governments, what would you tell them? Where, what must they do in order to move away from this, but also be 
uh, financially viable and you know not pass on too much of a burden to the uh, common man see one of the recommendations we had proposed was reduction in cross subsidies because clearly uh, the commercial and industrial consumers have been paying very high prices for the electricity they consume uh, in order to kind of cross subsidize the residential and agricultural consumers while the electricity act has mandated that the cross subsidy should be within the band of plus minus 20% to the average power purchase cost but in a lot many states this uh, this is much much higher and as a result you know our cni consumers kind of face the brunt because their products become less competitive when they compete uh, not only domestically but even in the global market so because the costs of their power purchase is much higher and that's that is a big input cost in their overall product cost so in order to you know address this issue of cross subsidies uh, the distribution companies really have to rationalize their power purchase costs and a number of things can be done i think to reduce atnc losses so they need to start better metering uh, which can be done either through prepaid meters and smart meters again this is one of the big focus areas for the government to kind of uh, support distribution companies in uh, installing the prepaid meters and the smart meters so that the billing is done properly and then the collection as well uh, secondly i would say the state discounts will have to keep revising their tariffs uh, in conjunction with the rise in the power purchase cost so that is something which most of the state discounts have not been doing so instead of giving the consumers a price shock uh by you know raising tariffs after 5 years gap um sudden smoothness and uh in price rise can be done on an annual basis because there is a lot of inflation which also kind of impacts uh some of these input costs say for example most of our the generation is coming from coal uh so that is really required uh and further rationalization of these costs can be done uh by bringing in less costly power and retiring your old inefficient plants which are much more expensive so some of these elements can really help the state distribution companies to rationalize their costs and make it much more viable for the cni consumers to stay if they are able to reduce the overall cost and reduce the burden on the cni consumers uh and that's something you know which all the state discounts really need to kind of move towards time of day tariff was another one of the elements which we have uh, been kind of propagating because unless we have the right signals for all kind of capacities uh, to kick in to meet you know peak demand or even for the consumers to shift their load during hours when the prices are low i think we need those kind of signals for both uh consumers to participate in that kind of a market as well as for capacities to come in to meet grid balancing or to meet you know uh high demand during peak hours so these are some of the reforms which the state discoms need to undertake okay so uh, the current set of reforms that uh, seem to have chalked out a certain formula by which they have to pay not just current dues but also their legacy dues earlier reforms have attempted something similar uh, in some form either recapitalize these discoms or help them you know lessen the burden of their debt but we have not seen great success 
what gives you the confidence that the current set of reforms will actually go down a successful path so that's a very tricky question so yes even the earlier measures or reform measures that were undertaken um and especially the one uh, the last one which was the uday scheme the it involved payment of or helping the discoms uh, which was made on conditional basis that they have to reduce their atnc losses they have to do tariff rationalization every year uh, you know uh, a tariff order needs to be issued so while those conditions were laid out even in the past and uh, even this new reform package which has been announced and some of the states have already kind of signed in so the conditions are more or less the same but um, yes we did not see that those kind of benefits or those kind of reforms being undertaken by whole lot of discoms and we are again in a similar kind of a situation uh, where the areas or you know the debt accumulated by all these discoms is huge uh so yes it's going to be very very difficult to see you know how this reform package is going to be very different from the rest which has a very similar kind of a condition but now with the tightening of some of these conditions like debarring states from participating in the market in the short term market or you know um the deviation uh, settlement has become even more stringent also there are other reforms being kicked in in the form of you know fcas market where there are huge penalties being imposed on discom uh, so we do hope you know there is more discipline that comes in discom's operational performance which leads to better financial viability of the discom so apart from that i think um uh, some of the amendments that were highlighted in the electricity act 2022 i think those would be critical for actually turning around the discom so while there have been um apart from that there have been other efforts which we just highlighted uh, have been kind might be instrumental in uh, improving the distribution companies performance but somehow there are other reform measures that really needs to come in in order to give more teeth to the commissions to kind of make these rules and laws more kind of uh, ensuring that they are being complied by discoms which so far has not been the case and most of the cases are referred to the high court and thankfully like on the contract enforcement there have been again Uh, rulings which were in favor of uh, genco so i think that kind of sets a precedence for discoms to you know improve their financial performance as well so i do hope things become better but yes there is no guarantee that this reform is not like way different from the earlier packages that were given through the discom but what we need is some more reforms which were kind of being laid out as part of the electricity act uh, which is now being referred to the uh, standing committee of energy in the parliament uh, so let's see if those gets cleared and you know passed so i yeah that will be crucial i would say okay for the benefit of our listeners can you elaborate on one or two important amendments in the uh, act that is being referred you mentioned just now uh, can you throw some light there 
Yeah. So as part of the Electricity Amendment Bill 2022, you know, some of the key provisions under that bill are that the Act has proposed to amend Section 42 and 14 of the Electricity Act, which is that the Act provides for multiple distribution licensees to operate in the same area of supply. And it kind of allows for non-discriminatory open access to its network to all other discoms operating in the same area on payment of certain charges. So this will bring in much more competition, uh, which was currently missing as the state discoms uh, have monopoly to operate in their area. So bringing in uh, more and more competition uh, is likely to bring in more efficiency and lead to lower power purchase costs. And then there, as I said, there are also for payment security, the bill provides uh, electricity not to be scheduled or dispatched if adequate payment security is not provided by the DISCOM. And we have seen uh, last week how the POSOCO did kind of ensure that unless DISCOMs are making payments, uh, you know, they are being debarred from scheduling that electricity uh, or buying that electricity from the short-term market. So on the contract enforcement, again, the bill empowers uh, the Central Electricity Regulatory Commission and State Electricity Regulatory Commission to adjudicate disputes related to the performance of contracts. So uh, this kind of gives them the power of a civil code. So these are some of the changes that are being proposed as part of the amendment bill. Um, and as I said, you know, this will further help in turning around the discount performance. Okay. You talked about, um, you know, more competition that could drive down costs. So that is actually one of my uh, other questions. You know, it could be actually privatization of distribution itself. That's one option, of course. But even otherwise, uh, to encourage FDI in power generation, uh, you know, some of the things that you talked about was set right in India, then there would, you know, that would attract more uh, investments from foreign investors. But uh, any uh, comparisons that are evident to us, maybe on a peer level basis, like the BRICS or any other country that has emerged from these legacy issues and successfully transitioned uh, to a point where uh, power supply is not a problem for a country at the same time, generating companies are also paid on time and everybody is happy. See, I can cite the example of Australia, wherein there has been an increasing penetration of renewable energy, but the grid operator has been very beautifully able to manage the grid balancing. And at the same time, they don't have this whole issue of payment because there are even times when the prices go negative in Australia. And most of it is being kind of operated through a market-based mechanism. So that's something which has worked very well in Australian market, uh, in retail market. As far as, you know, parallel licensing, I think uh, uh, rather than drawing any experience from BRICS, if you can see some of the discoms where private players were allowed to operate, we have seen that they have been able to reduce losses drastically, whether it was in Delhi or in Mumbai. And the... Uh, the quality and reliability of power has gone up substantially. So there have been cases or incidences which can become case studies for uh, within India to kind of demonstrate that when more players were allowed to operate, 
say for example in delhi you both have tata power as well as reliance operating in some parts and we have seen the consumers kind of have benefited because earlier there was a lot of load shedding lot of voltage fluctuation their bills were never on time and uh, the consumers would struggle to then make payments because they'll get very high dues to be paid by consumers but now with proper billing proper metering of those consumers there has been turnaround of uh, discoms and they are now more profitable so that could only happen when more players were allowed to operate so even this bill allows uh, you know and this has been existing now in certain states already but it wasn't the case that within the same region uh, more than one player was allowed but at least there was some demarcation within the daily discom that there are different players were allowed to operate so i think having more and more competition will kind of bring in more efficiency we have also seen that in the transmission sector as well so earlier all the transmission infrastructure was largely being built by pgcil but now uh, it's being auctioned and even the other players including private players are allowed to operate and ever since they've come we have seen that how the projects are being delivered in a more timely manner the costs have gone down because uh, there is a kind of a competition to bring costs down so competition has resulted in favorable outcomes whether it's in transmission and even in the distribution where certain states have uh, more players than one okay that was very insightful uh this one more question just curious um, you know we talked about current dues uh, then legacy dues of discoms to generating companies but um, you know on an ongoing basis you know considering the quantum of funds required for a distribution company to function uh, i'm sure that they'd be tapping into the banking system for uh, loans and i'm curious you know if there are you know they've been so inefficient and there is evidence of uh, poor performance if it were a private sector obviously ongoing uh, bank loans would have been difficult to come by but is it because the, the discoms are backed by state guarantee that uh, banks have continued to lend to them or if not banks where have they traditionally sourced their funds from no it's uh, usually the banks uh, and largely given that they are public sector undertaking so public sector banks have been supporting these distribution companies or the likes of pfc and rsc have been supporting the state discom uh, largely so yes there has been a legacy kind of or uh, you know given that they are all sovereign entities so there has been lot of support so when a private player comes in i think he also has more obligation to fix things because you know for him getting access to finance can be difficult unless he fixes its business so yeah i think that really makes kind of more incentive or more kind of an obligation for a private player to fix things and a large player maybe is able to raise debt at a parent company and then you know use that fund for you know in the distribution arm of its business but on the other hand there's a lot of government support that is coming uh, as well the 3 lakh crore scheme which has been introduced and uh, the government itself would be supporting a lot of discoms in the next couple of years to fix things so i think that money would also be available to private players if we go ahead with this amendment and the bill and allow for multiple players to operate so 
there will be government support as well and then there will be a further need for them to access or raise finance in the market as well okay excellent thank you i've exhausted my list of questions anything else you think we should have dwelt on any gaps in our conversation that you'd like to fill no i think we covered quite a bit excellent thank you so much for your time as gag really appreciate your being with us thank you it was lovely interacting with you thank you In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.